morning, Impact City. Good morning. We're so excited you're here. We're so excited that you made time to be with us today. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, worship team. We'll be in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 and 27. Everything is in the YouVersion app. says Jesus is speaking and he says therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear it is is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or stow or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Please take your seat for just a few moments. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Over the last couple of weeks, We've covered how God redeems our past, and we understand that His blood and His power is sufficient for our past. We've covered how God redeems us in our present. Regardless of what you're facing today, He still is in control. So this morning, I want to dive into what God says about our future what God says about our future, because I know my past is covered. I know my present is covered. I know his blood and his love is sufficient for me in my future. But what separates the former two from the present, or what we're talking about this morning, the one thing that separates the future from the past and from the present is that we know the details of our past. As excruciating as it may be to replay some of the things in our past, we know the details. We know what we have been through. We know that. We know our present. We know what we are currently battling. We know what we are currently going through. But the one thing that is different is we're not so sure about the details of our future. We're not so sure about the details of our future. What if? What if? I I heard a story of a younger preacher and a more seasoned older gentleman preacher talking together, and the younger told the older, he said, it must be awesome to be you. And the older man said, why is that? He said, because you're old. He said, what's so awesome about being old. He said, you know how your story ends. You know how your story ends. You are in the winter of your life and you're able to celebrate and see the achievements, see the successes, see everything, and to see the realization of everything you put to work. He said, but I'm not in that current situation because I still have some years to live if God allows me. And that is difficult for some of us here today, and especially if you are a planner, 
who likes to plan and map everything out and say, I'll be here in five years, say, I'll be here in 10 years. You plan everything up, up down to the, every detail and every minute of your vacation, and it is hard when things don't go our way. We don't know the future. We don't know the future. What if? The question constantly comes to mind, and it is something that we often ask ourselves as we are facing tomorrow. What will tomorrow hold? What will it be like? I purposely titled this message Future Tense, not talking about the tenses that we talk present, past, present subjunctive, none of those. I'm talking about the fact that when we think of the future, some of us tend to tense up and, and to be apprehensive towards what the future could be. It is common. It's a natural reaction when thinking about what tomorrow will bring. And the truth is too many people in this world, too many people perhaps in this building today are consumed with worry. Too many of us are consumed with anxiety about what tomorrow looks like. This fear can be paralyzing and it can stop us in our tracks and being able to progress and be who God truly wants us to be. I shared a story a few Wednesdays ago of a young man who was called from a doctor's report. He had gone in for a routine checkup. He did some lab work and they called him and they said, hey, you have this certain sickness. You have this certain disease. And for 10 days, the story goes to tell us that he lived with the fact of having this sickness in his body and having that report constantly uh, being on replay in his mind. And all of a sudden, after some time, they call him and say, sir, we just want to apologize because the truth is that we were reading somebody else's chart when we called you to give you this prognosis. You are absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with you. He said, I wanted to sue the doctor's office and I wanted to sue the lab for the 10 days or for the days that they put me through that. He said, it was not that I had something wrong with me physically, but it was just the fact that there could be something wrong. And it was just, imagine just being told something negative and it doesn't matter what is going on on the inside. The simple fact that a, a doctor's report could throw our lives off and, and cause us to look at things that we had never looked at before. Fear can be paralyzing. The fear of having something, the fear of not knowing, the fear of what if this happens to my marriage? What if this happens to my family? What if this happens? We worry about our finances. We worry about our family. We worry about our job. We worry about our next doctor's visit. Some of us put off our yearly physicals as long as we can just because we don't want to go into the doctor's office. We worry about getting sick. We, we are on, some of us are on medication. Due to this, we worry about everything. That the problem is that worrying does not improve our situation at all. And the only true way to cure this and the only true way to get to the root cause of this is to trust in the love of the, our Heavenly Father and to let His love rule in our lives. And as Christians, that we believe that our Heavenly Father is always looking out for us. And He's always caring for us. And He always has our best interests in mind. That if He takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, that that should give us a confidence that I am created in His image. How much more will He take care of me? And how much more will He take care of you too? 
Because the fact is, there is no benefit that comes from worry. In fact, anxiety only hurts us. But we should trust God and allow Him to guide our steps and allow Him to, and, and for us to be confident in knowing who He is in our lives. So let's just say it once and for all we do not have control of the future, but we know who controls our future. We do not have control of our future. I'll say it one more time. But we do know who controls our future. We have all wondered from time to time about what the future has in store. Sometimes we wonder about our current situation. And we think that it is painful through, because of what we're going through. And we automatically diagnose our future based off of current situations and past situations, because the last time it was like this, it has to be like that again. Sometimes we wonder because we, we are so excited about the possibilities that lay or lie before us. Either way, our curiosity about the future can sometimes be unhealthy, and it can become an unhealthy obsession into what develops into a worry or a preoccupation. Jesus spoke to this struggle of the future and what we go through in Matthew chapter 6. Even though this passage of Scripture was written thousands of years ago, there is application, there is relevancy in it for you and I today. It shows us that you're okay. It shows us that Jesus is addressing an issue thousands of years ago that is still faced in your life and in my life. It happened thousands of years ago. It happens with us, and it will happen after us if God tarries. It is a natural occurrence. It is a natural reaction to worry. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 6. He, he spends time talking about giving to the needy. He spends time talking about prayer. He spends time talking about fasting and making our treasures in heaven. And then he arrives to this point of not worrying about tomorrow. And Jesus uses real-life imagery, real-life imagery that you and I can relate to. And through this, I understand that God sees us. God sees you. Jesus tells us to not worry about our life. Don't worry about your daily needs. Don't worry about your daily needs. Don't worry about your daily wants. The reason he gives it is because our lives are made up so much more than just the physical desires. But he offers, God offers proof for his ability to provide for us. He points and he uses this imagery and he points to the birds of the air and he says, when have you seen a, a bird worry about what they will eat next? These tiny winged animals are not anxious about their needs for tomorrow, but God still provides their needs in that moment. And if God can take care of the sparrows of this world, surely he can take care of you. Jesus reminds us of our incredible worth, and he, he talks about how he sees us. And many of the times that's the disconnect that we don't see ourselves the way he sees us. We are loved by God, and we are created in his image, and therefore he will provide for us what we need today. And not only that, but our future is in good hands when our future is under God's control, that we must allow ourselves to trade what we don't know 
about the future and trade it for what we do know about the love and the faithfulness of God. I'll say that one more time. I could stop right there. We must trade our worry about tomorrow. We must trade our worry about what we don't know about the future to what we do know about God. I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants beg for bread. I do know that he is faithful that when I walk through the waters he will be with me and that when I go through the fire it will not burn me. I do know that he is faithful. I do know that I've been through a lot and I, I, I almost didn't survive but I'm here by the grace of God that when in my transgressions that he saw me in my chaos he saw me in my crisis he saw me. I do know that I wouldn't be standing here today I wouldn't have a shout I wouldn't be able to have the ability to raise my hands if it had not been for the Lord. I don't know all the details and I don't know everything about tomorrow but I do know that God is faithful and his resume tells me that he's never lost a battle and that he is always faithful and his word tells me that I will call on him and he will answer. I have to know what he has already done. Worry is not worth it because it does not add hours to our life. If anything, it may take hours away. I'm reminded of the Lord's Prayer that, that is prayed in churches all around the world each and every week that we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us. That prayer is designed to be a model to, to show us that give us, God, what I need today. Give me what I need today. Not too much that we would forget about trusting you about our future. And not too little that we are tempted to take matters into our own hands and try to work up a solution on our own. But I need just enough for today. It is that way that we learn to trust God that even when we don't know what is around the corner. It is through those moments that we can trust him while we don't know what is waiting for us. Trusting God for the future instills a deep hope that he is there before we even get there. He is already there before we get there. And that he can take care of us. And that we can trust him with everything. One of the most quoted scriptures of all time, when we talk about the future, is Jeremiah 29, 11, And it was a promise that was given to the Jewish people, but it is something that we can still hold on to today. For I know the plans that I have for you, says God, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a, and a future. God has a preferred future that he longs for you to live into. This was an, an important message for the Jewish people who were held, who were bouncing to and from captivity. And all of a sudden, the prophet declares this over them, that you will not be in this state forever. And I, dig, I believe that it is a word for us today that for some of us that feel, that feel stretched thin, for some of us that feel captive by certain situations, that God is declaring and saying, I know that there is a good future for you. We experience it when we begin to let go trying to control everything, and when we start to submit to him, and when we start to follow him.
The question is, how do you know when opportunities that come your way are part of God's plans? There are three simple questions that you can ask yourself. And if you're taking notes this morning, you want to write this down. Does this opportunity align with Scripture? Does this opportunity align with Scripture? God is faithful to his word and he will never void his word. If he's already said it, he's not going to change his mind about it. Does this opportunity align with Scripture? Number two, will this opportunity make me more like Jesus? Will it make us more Christ-like? If so, it will help us shape us and mold us into who he is working on us to be. And the last question, will this opportunity benefit others? Will this, this, this decision result in the blessing of other people? God is always looking to use us to bless other people. So to discover God's plan for the future is to live into the purpose for which you and I were born. This is the future that God wants us to experience. Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day when you were born and the day you find out why. Your future is tied to your purpose, but more importantly, it's tied to God's plan for our lives. And because of this, we seek God first. Jesus' life, or Jesus gives us a way to ensure that our future falls in line with his will for our lives. It is about our priority. It is about our priority. Some of us have priorities focused on the wrong things because we're nervous about the future. The Bible says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Verse 33 says that we should seek first the kingdom of God, and that should be our priority. Living to see the kingdom of God come to earth should be the defining aspect of my life and it should be the defining aspect of your life. Jesus says that if we seek God first, that everything else will fall into its place because we are putting the first things where they belong. When we seek God first, when we come across a new relationship, when we seek God first, we will live life with humility and it becomes what we're known for when we seek God first. The wants and the desires begin to look more like things that God would want for us and not we would want for ourselves out of our human tendency. Don't worry about the future and what it holds. Tomorrow will bring its own. It's in God's hands. And the final thing. Keep your eye on the prize. He is our prize. He is our prize. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The book of Hebrews 12 says, fix your eyes on Jesus who is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. He is our prize. In this life, we must continue living for him. Keeping our focus on him. 
aligning our wants and our desires with him. Second Corinthians chapter 1 says Paul is writing, tells us Paul is writing about his troubles in Asia, and he's telling us that we, we were under great pressure. Then he says in verse 10, he has delivered us, past tense, from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us again, present tense. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, future tense. The Bible says, furthermore, that we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. This is important because sometimes our sight wants to overtake our faith. Sometimes what we are seeing wants to overtake our faith. And we want to let our emotions and our feelings and the way we live our lives be dictated by what we see and not by our faith. This is important and it's easy in this life, to be clouded, to let our vision become clouded with what is seen. David said something that is important in Psalms 27. He said, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have fainted. I would have become discouraged. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have raised the white flag. I would have surrendered if I didn't believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What is he saying here? He didn't, he didn't see it and then believe it. No, he said, I believed to see. I believed it first and then I saw it Second, it's not always going to be easy. I understand that. But I have to believe that by me putting my trust in him, the maker of heaven and earth, that by me placing my confidence in him, the great I am, that by me placing my confidence in him, that I have to know that it will, at the end of the day, it will work for good. Every moment, every high, every low, every mountain, every valley that God can use it and weave it all together and make something good out of it. That the same God that redeems my past and the same God that redeems my present is the same God that is watching over me as I go into tomorrow and as I go into my future. He is the same God that holds it all together and that if I can remain steadfast, unshaken, holding on to him, that I can that I can know that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That if I can hold on to him, knowing that there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, that I can know that I don't have to be certain about tomorrow, but I do, I can be certain about who he is. And he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And I have to know that he did not bring me to this point. He didn't bring me through hell and high water to leave me abandoned on the side of the road. No, but he is faithful to complete the work that he has begun in me. The God of my past, the God of my present is the God of my future also. And that's reason enough for me to, to choose, to choose, to choose to trust him. To choose to put my faith in him. It's a choice. I, don't, I choose to believe his word. I choose to believe that he didn't address it solely to make me feel good. But no, it was 
to find me in my moments of anxiety and of worry and to say, don't worry about it. I'm in control. Worship team, will you come? He is the same. He is the same. Can you think of for just a few moments of things that you've worried about? Possibilities, hypotheticals that never even happened. And think of the time and the energy that you spent worrying about when you received an email and your boss said he wanted to meet with you and all of a sudden you, you, your mind goes to the worst. And, it's, and you spend time worrying. When the doctor's office calls and said, hey, we, we did some blood work, but we need you to come in for an ultrasound. Your mind goes to the worst. We have enough to worry about with today. That's why Jesus said, don't spend time, don't spend your energy worrying about tomorrow. And I'll circle back to the point, his faithfulness has kept us and has preserved us to this moment. Why would I think that he's changed his mind about me and he's changed his mind about you? David said in the eighth Psalm, he said, what is, my, what is man that you are mindful of him and that you would consider him, but you've made him just a little bit lower than the angels. That's what God thinks of you. That's what God thinks of you, that in your failures, that when he's been better to you than you've been to yourself, that through my heartache and that through my disappointment, through my frustration, through my shortcomings, he still loves me. And he says, I've kept you and I choose to believe that he will continue. I, I go back to 2 Corinthians chapter one where he says, he has delivered us he does deliver us, and our hope is in him that he will continue to deliver us. I believe he will not fail us now. I believe he will not fail us now. And this morning, if you're in this place, I'm gonna invite you to just close your eyes right where you're at. If you're in this place and you've never made the decision to serve Jesus, to give your heart, to give your life to him, I want to give you this incredible opportunity this morning to say, God, I choose you. I choose you. No, my life isn't perfect right now. No, I know there's some things that I got to clean up, but I choose you. You don't have to get rid of the baggage. You don't have to get rid of the habits for you to open your heart this morning. Let him come in and he will help you overcome what you're facing.
He sees you right where you're at. And if this is you, I want to invite you just to raise your hand right where you're at. If that would be you, you could let us know in the chat. That's right. He, he loves you. He sees you. He sees you. I want to invite everybody because we believe in community. We believe that we don't do this alone. So I want to invite everybody to pray this prayer with me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. I confess you today as Lord, as Savior, and as King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise for everybody that received him today? I want to invite you to stand. Before we leave today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Whatever the issue may be that you're confronting right now, whatever the fear that you're facing right now, God says, give it to me. And he can trade that fear and he can give you peace. Peace to know that he is with you and that you, your future is secure in the hands of the master. So right where you're at, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. Father, we come before you right now. Father, we thank you for being all sufficient, for being all that we need. We thank you for your word that reminds us that I'm not to worry about tomorrow, but I'm to put my focus on you, my trust in you, my confidence in you, And I choose to do that today. I'm sorry that I haven't always done it. I'm sorry that I've got caught up in the details of the present that I've tried to plan my future and it's led to frustration. It's led to disappointment. God, but right now I choose you. I choose to believe in what you have already said and what you have already declared. And I choose to believe that you will not fail me. I thank you that when I fail you, 
you don't fail me. Thank you that when I'm unfaithful to you, you're faithful at all times. We need you in every circumstance and in every situation. Right now, meet every need. We trade our fear for your peace. We trade our worry for the security we find in you. We trade our doubts for the promises in your word. And we will hold tight to what you have said. Right now in Jesus' name. 